Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Why is it that with sparkling water, I'm always playing guessing games with what flavor I'm drinking? Is it citrus? Is it aluminum can flavored? Mm, not sure. Sparkling ice, though, they really mean flavor. Like in-your-face flavor. Orange mango, black raspberry. Don't even get me started on the strawberry lemonade. Kiwi strawberry slid right into my taste buds DMs last night and let them know who's boss. No subtleties there and no sugar either. But it does have vitamins and antioxidants. Find sparkling ice at a major grocery store or club retailer near you. Sparkling ice. Anything but subtle. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Pain.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, I am Dustin Gold, right here on the Dustin Gold Standard, and you are listening to Pain.tv slash gold. All right, folks, let me introduce you to this new cast of characters who are going to be featured in this International Monetary Fund discussion on CBDC, Central Bank Digital Currency, as we are dissecting this uh, future of money, ladies and gentlemen, a technocratic system of control, the systematic control over the means of production and the distribution of goods and services. We are watching it play out in real time, ladies and gentlemen. We're not talking about history. We're talking about the present and what is coming in the future, how you can avoid this, how you can live within it, how you can hopefully thrive within it, not just survive, uh, how you can maybe live one foot outside of it. Whatever it may be, folks, whatever you choose is going to be your path. We're just helping you understand the true history, uh, truly what's going on present day, 
behind the scenes. It's not behind the scenes because it's all out in the open. You can find all this, read all about it, watch it. But if you're watching mainstream TV or following your Facebook feed, you're not going to see this stuff. So it's happening behind the scenes because it's not being projected out into the forefront by mainstream media. All right. So the first character, Kristalina Georgieva, you know who she is if you listen to the last couple of episodes because she was a panelist at the World Economic Forum discussion on CBDCs in the middle of the year. I think it was April. All right. This took place in October, just a couple of months ago. And for those of you who didn't listen, I will just give you a quick recap. This is Kristalina Georgieva Canova. And she is a Bulgarian economist serving as managing director of the International Monetary Fund since 2019. She was chief executive of the World Bank Group from 2017 to 2019. And she served as acting president of the World Bank Group from February 2019 to April 2019 following the resignation of Jim Yong Kim. She previously served as vice president of the European Commission under Jean-Claude Juncker from 2014 to 2016. All right, we could go into her whole background, but we're not going to do that. I just want you to know who she is. So this is Kristalina. We're going to do the same thing we did in the last show. We're going to refer to her as Chris. And so you guys, don't forget, she's powerful. She is the managing director of the International monetary fund so she is the md of the imf so we have chris all right next up you're going to hear a little bit of an opening statement from queen maxima of the netherlands folks she's really pushing central bank digital currency so she is queen of the netherlands as the wife of king willem alexander all right not willem defoe from uh, batman now this is willem alexander she is argentine by birth she worked in marketing when she met willem alexander eldest son and heir apparent of queen beatrix in 1999 they married in 2002 became king and queen on the abdication of her mother-in-law on april 30th 2013 maxima has promoted social integration of immigrants lgbt rights and financial inclusion and she's good at it because her background is in marketing she and willem alexander have three daughters princess katharina amelia alexia and ariane who are first second and third respectively in the line of succession so we're going to call her queen we're just going to call her queen all right so she is the queen and she's all about central bank digital currency next up we're going to have Kathleen Hayes. Kathleen Hayes ends up moderating the discussion after Chris, the managing director of the IMF, introduces Queen Maxima. Okay, so Kathleen, we will just call her Kathy, folks. Kathleen Hayes is a global economics and policy editor for Bloomberg Television and Radio covering economies and central banks around the world from the federal reserve and the european central bank to the bank of japan and the people's bank of china all right so kathy over here she's the moderator and she's with bloomberg all right 
And she covers banks. She loves the banks, ladies and gentlemen. All right, next up, this guy's really important here. You're going to see he's got a lot to say. And this guy's with the International Monetary Fund. His name is Bo Lee. That's B-O, and then his last name is L-I. So we're just going to call him Bo. And he is the deputy managing director of the IMF. Okay, so you've got... Chris is the managing director. He's the deputy managing director. And it says here, uh, now, I've seen this guy pop up in other people's videos. All right, so I just want you to know who he is. So I'm going to read his whole little bio here off of IMF.org. That's the International Monetary Fund website. And it says, Mr. Bo Lee assumed the role of deputy managing director at the IMF on August 23rd, 2021. He is responsible for the IMF's work on about 90 countries, as well as on a wide range of policy issues. Before joining the IMF, Mr. Lee worked for many years at the People's Bank of China. China! Unbelievable people. So cute, so ugly, so tiny, so beautiful. Uh, Most recently as deputy governor. So he was deputy governor of the People's Bank of China. He earlier headed the monetary policy, monetary policy two, and legal and regulation departments, where he played an important role in the reform of state-owned banks, the drafting of China's anti-money laundering law, the internationalization of the uh, renminbi, and the establishment of China's macro-prudential policy framework. Outside the People's Bank of China, Mr. Bo Li served as vice mayor of Chongjing, China's largest municipality, with a population of over 30 million folks, where he oversaw the city's financial sector development, international trade, and foreign direct investment. Mr. Li was also vice chairman of the All-China Federation Returned Overseas Chinese. All China Federation of Returned Overseas Chinese. That was the, he was the vice chairman of that. He started his career at the New York law firm of Davis, Polk, and Wardwell, where he was a practicing attorney for five years. Mr. Lee holds a PhD from Stanford University, home of Peter Thiel, and MA from Boston University, both in economics as well as a JD magna cum laude from Harvard Law School. He received his undergraduate education from Remnant University of China in Beijing. All right, so this is Bo Li. We're going to call him Bo. Next up, we have another one here over at BIS.org. This is Bank for International Settlements. And this is Cecilia Skingsley appointed as head of the BIS Innovation Hub. And you folks will remember the BIS Innovation Hub. They were overseeing the project Embridge, which was the first project that was put together to test uh, sort of cross borders in cooperation with Thailand, uh, with the governor of Thailand, uh, uh, the governor of the Thailand uh, Bank that we saw in the WEF, the World Economic Forum video, along with China. So Cecilia Kingsley, and we're going to call her uh, Sessie. We'll just call her Sessi. And so she is the head of BIS Innovation Hub. I'm just jotting notes down here, folks. But what happens sometimes, you go and review these videos for the folks. I've seen other people do it. And then they never explain who all the characters are. 
all the people that are listening to. And I'm guilty of that. So I decided I'm going to start doing this. It's part of my practice now to uh, introduce you to the characters before we actually start. And so it says, uh, Cecilia Kingsley, she is the first deputy governor of Severgi's Riksbank appointed to head the Bank for International Settlements Innovation Hub. Ms. Skingsley will lead the Innovation Hub in its mission to foster international collaboration among central banks on innovative financial technology. And we will call that central bank digital currency, folks goes on to say she will spearhead the innovation hub's efforts to build technological solutions to problems in the financial sector in such areas as central bank digital currencies cybersecurity, and green finance all right so the board of directors of the bank for international settlements has appointed cecilia skinsley as head of the bis innovation hub she will lead the innovation hub in its mission to foster international collaboration among central banks on innovative financial technology skins currently first deputy director of we went over that the bank it's the swedish central bank okay so she was the first deputy governor of the swedish central bank will join the bis on september 14th for a five-year term as head of the bis innovation hub she will be a member of the executive committee of the bank for international settlement so i'm not going to go through all of her background here folks but as you can see she is very powerful we are dealing with the actual power players folks the power players i mean the big wigs the ones who are making the decisions building the systems on behalf of whoever sits behind them i don't know maybe the rockefellers but anyway the central banks are powerful enough ladies and gentlemen the world bank bis and imf make the world go round with their uh, fake fiat money, whether in the form of paper currency, coins, or the new up-and-coming digital tokens. Ladies and gentlemen, there's two more characters that I'll introduce you to shortly. We will be right back from this quick break. Folks, go bake yourself a loaf of no-need bread. My name is Dustin Gold, and I no need to be on air right now because I need a short break. This is Dustin Gold with the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Window. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Payne.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Dustin Gold Standard. My name is Dustin Gold, and you are listening to Payne.tv slash gold. I love untangling the masters of the universe, folks, the people behind this technocracy, this worldwide technique, folks. And they are advancing quickly. All right, next up on the roster here in this International Monetary Fund discussion on central bank digital currencies, we have Vera Songwe. 
All right. We're going to just call her Vera. It's V-E-R-A. Vera Songwe. She's an economist and banking executive from Cameroon who has worked for the World Bank since 1998 and in 2015 became Western and Central Africa's regional director for the International Finance Corporation. She is the first woman to head the UN's Economic Commission for Africa at the level of Undersecretary General. So, Again here, folks, we have her coming out of the World Bank, the uh, IFC. We haven't gotten into the, uh, that yet, but that's the International Finance Corporation and uh, the UN, ladies and gentlemen. So another power player here. It says, Song Wee holds a PhD in mathematical economics from the Center for Operations Research and Econometrics and a Master of Arts in Law and Economics. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Uh, she's got economic science and politics from the Universita Catholica de Louvain in Belgium. She has a Bachelor of Arts degree in economics and political science from the University of Michigan. And so Song Wee started off working for the Federal Reserve Bank of Minneapolis and simultaneously had a visiting professor's appointment at the University of Southern California in 1998, she joined the World Bank, where she worked in the Poverty Reduction and Economic Management Unit covering Morocco and Tunisia. See, my wife could have been doing that right now, folks. Over the subsequent years, she filed several, uh, filled several roles in the PREM, that's the Poverty Reduction and Economic Management Unit for East Asia and the Pacific region. In 2010, Songwe was part of the World Bank Group team that raised a historic $49.3 billion in concessional financing for the low-income countries of the world as part of the International Development Association, 16th Replenishment. Isn't that what we just talked about there with uh, Economic Hitman or with the movie No Escape? That's it, folks. There you go. They raised $49.3 billion for these low-income countries. And so she goes on in her career, 2011 to 2015, she's regional director Africa, covering the West and Central Africa for the International Finance Corporation and country director for Senegal, Cape Verde, the Gambia, Guinea-Bissau, and uh, Maritania. Main areas of interest are fiscal policy, innovative financing mechanisms for development, agriculture, energy, and economic governance. So she's one of these economic uh, hit women, I guess it would be an economic hit women. In 2011, she's got an interesting bio here. So Songwe was involved in Africa 2.0, an initiative to bring young Africans together to aid in the continent's economic development. She's a scholar at Brookings Institution and its Africa Growth Initiative. Forbes listed her in 2013 as one of the 20 young power women in Africa. And the following year, the Institute uh, Chassel for International Politics and Geoeconomics chose her as one of their African leaders of tomorrow. In 2015, she collaborated with the newly founded Tony Elamu Entrepreneurship Program which pledged $100 million for African startup companies. And there's more here, folks. There's more in this. 
was she a Nobel laureate in economics, architects, chefs, leaders of the international organization? I mean, there's so much stuff here. Anyway, it just goes to show you she's a power player. I'm showing you behind the curtain here of the panel discussion. I mean, you'll hear the uh, host, Kathy, from uh, Bloomberg, you know, mention these people, but you won't know their whole stories. I think you have to know their stories. Uh, you want to talk about, let's point out the individuals and not focus on the groups. Well, these are the individuals. These are the people that are making policy at the world stage. And we think we have a chance to beat them by whether or not we elect Dr. Oz or that cyborg freak looking dude, Fetterman. I mean, we think that election changes all of this, folks. These are the power players. All right, let's continue. Uh, last one here. We have Perry uh, Warzio. And this guy is the current governor of Bank of Indonesia, Indonesia's central bank. All right, so now you've got Perry. We're going to just call him Perry. All right, and he's Bank of Indonesia. And so uh, his nomination for the post of governor was approved by the Indonesian parliament on March 28, 2018. He was sworn into office on March 24th, succeeding the previous governor, Agus Martawajo. It says here, Perry has over 30 years of experience working on central bank policy issues in Indonesia. He has been described as a central banker who is, quote, as battle-tested as monetary policies get, end quote. His appointment reflects the practice in Indonesia of frequently appointing professionals with strong economic and policy-making experience, often referred to as, I'm telling you, this is on Wikipedia, often referred to as technocrats to senior economic posts in government. So, at least Wikipedia, they get it right, ladies and gentlemen. I'll just tell you a little more. It says, Perry uh, Warja was born in Sukaharo, a town in central Java, south of the larger city of Surakarta. He attended primary and secondary school in Sukaharo before studying at Gaja Mata University in Yagakarta. He graduated from the economics faculty at Gajamata University in 1982 and later undertook studies at the Iowa State University in the United States. He graduated in economics at Iowa State University, specializing in monetary policies and international finance with a master's degree in 1989 and a Ph.D. in 1991. See how they come over here. They all go to college, and then they go back into their countries, and they rule on behalf of the World Bank. So that's basically what my wife would have done, probably. If she had followed the path, if she didn't read Economic Hitman back in 2004, she probably would have interned at the World Bank, worked her way up. She would have went back over to Poland and helped uh, destroy it. Now, it's being done right now. But she's not part of it. So I love her even more for that, that she's not part of the system of destruction, the system of systematic control, the system of technocracy. Let's just look at his um, work in government real quick. Again, because when you see these guys or you listen to them, sometimes you don't realize how powerful they are. You go, what a goofball. Well, he's a goofball, but he's a goofball that wields power. It's like Elon Musk and Peter Thiel and Ray Kurzweil, Dennis Bushnell, all these other characters we've talked about on the show. They might be goofy, they might be crazy, they might be psychopaths, but they wield power and influence and they have wealth. So they're dangerous. 
And many of them probably believe they're doing the right thing, which makes them even more dangerous. It says in 1984, he joined the Bank of Indonesia as a junior staff member. In 1992, officer staff of the governor served as staff to governors Andreas Moy and a long name I can't pronounce. In 1995, he was the head of balance of payments section. 97, head of monetary policy and analysis section. 98, head of bureau of the governor. 2000, Deputy Director for Economic Research and Monetary Policy, 2003 Director, Center for Education and Study of Central Bank Issues, 2005 Director for Economic Research and Monetary Policy, 2007 you have Executive Director, International Monetary Fund, Washington, representing the Southeast Asian Voting Group a constituency including 13 countries in Southeast Asia. So see that? We have him now. In 2007, he was executive director of the International Monetary Fund. So let's add that to his bio we have over here. And in 2013, he becomes deputy governor of Bank of Indonesia. So that's all we need to get into here on Perry. So let's just go through our list so you guys know. We have Chris. She is the managing director of the International Monetary Fund. She's going to open up this panel discussion. She's going to invite the queen up. That's Queen Maxima. She's all about central bank digital currencies. You have Kathy, who is the moderator from Bloomberg, covers central banks, Federal Reserve, et cetera, et cetera. You've got Bo here. That's Bo Lee. He is the deputy managing director of the International Monetary Fund. You have Ceci, who is the head of the Bank for International Settlements Innovation Hub that's uh, building out all the central bank digital currency uh, platforms, et cetera, in cooperation with groups like Consensus, which we've covered here, uh, built on top of Ethereum, which we've covered here at the Dust and Gold Standard. Then you have Vera, who is from the World Bank, uh, IFC, and the United Nations. And then you have Barry, who is the head of the Bank of Indonesia and work for the International Monetary Fund. So again, it's going to be Chris, Queen, Kathy, Bo, Cece, and Vera. That's going to be our panel of uh, worldwide authoritarian bankers here, ladies and gentlemen. These are the folks that represent the folks that make the world go round, folks. The world bank go round is what we should say. You know, money makes the world go round. Well, these are the folks that make the money go around, that makes the world go around. And so this is why it's important that we have to review this stuff at the dust and gold standard. And don't worry, I've got a lot of topics coming up. We've got a couple of more panel discussions to cover here. And then we're going to end our discussion on central bank digital currency until wide awake Jim comes back on. We have all of his documents and all of his research. He is on a business trip. Uh, He was on it, I think, about a week ago. He's on it for one more week. And then he will be back to go through the rest of his research, and we're going to tie that in with everything we've done over here, folks. And so in between uh, when I finish up CBDCs and Jim comes back on, I've got a few interviews I'm lining up, and then I'm going to get into some more uh, transhumanist stuff that I've been following. And there's a lot to cover here, ladies and gentlemen, a lot to cover. It never ends as we dissect the worldwide technocracy that we currently live in and that we are moving further into every single 
day, folks. I'll be right back. This is Dustin Gold with the Dustin Gold Standard. We're going to cover International Monetary Fund right here at pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold. 